This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. I'm Jared Stern. I'm also Jared Stern. And you're Between Two Sterns. What's up, buddy? I was told there was a recording in progress. <laughs> yeah, did, did it announce to you? It did. As soon as was, I hit record, it was like, there is a recording in progress. And I was like, I know, I just I just clicked. I initiated it. Yeah. yeah. I am, I'm hurting a little bit because what, what's I'm jet lagged. I'm a little jet lagged. And I'm 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 doing multiple diets and cleanses at the same time. We have some Okay. Well, we have some- I don't want to hear about your jet lag because you <laughs> yeah. have the good kind of jet lag. No, I do. I where, yeah. Where your time doing- stands still yeah. and you just get to have you have a 26 hour day or whatever the hell it ends up. But being. that's combined with so I'm I'm we're doing this, we're going and seeing Zed. So one random night, Julie goes, Hey, do you want to go see Zed? And I was like, I just, I've learned at this point just to say yes and figure it out later. Hey, babe, do you want, yes, yes, I do. It's fine. Whatever you want to do is fine. So Zed is a DJ. I've never been to a DJ. We're going to Zed's exclusive pool party DJ in um, Las Vegas. And she played some of the music, like like just every popular song in the past 10 years, Zed has been a part of. I'm like, oh, I know that song. I know that song. So as we were like going through the week that I was out there and just eating our way through all of the Bethesda, D.C. area, the DMV, she's like, just so you know, you know the type of party that we're going to, right? And I was like, I have no idea. It's like all 20-somethings who are just ripped and jacked. It's a very exclusive thing it's like i think the i think the last time i was in las vegas yeah i was we were walking past a hotel that was hosting one of the parties you're describing okay so i saw a line of people waiting to get in that fit the exact description of just the most beautiful people you'll ever meet in your life ready with their glow sticks uh for for a rave and so I'm going to this thing having just had to buy pants button extenders on my already stretchy jeans. Okay. <laughs> now, again, obviously everybody's their own size and shape. I'm not saying that I'm the largest human being in the world. What I am saying is I have a wardrobe of clothing that used to fit me and now does not. And they're stretchy jeans. We've talked about this on the podcast. They already stretch. Uh-huh. And I have to extend the button. So I'm doing a cleanse called the Whole30, which is a very, oh, very... Oh, I've done the Whole30. Mm-hmm. So that's when I lost the way, uh, all of my weight uh, years ago. I, I did it for like four or five months and I lost like 50 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I used to be a, a slightly bigger dude. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm also uh, kicking caffeine out of my diet. Why would you ever do that? Right? This is why everything's like coming to fruition today. And I'm also, what the hell else am I doing? No caffeine. Yeah. And then the whole 30 is essentially no carbs, no sugars, oh. and nothing that you can't pronounce. So no like So basically you're gum. just gnawing on your plant wall. <laughs> exactly. That's what I ate today. <laughs> I ate roasted broccoli, asparagus, and I bought a whole chicken from the grocery store. And I've just been gnawing on it throughout the day. But okay. the sugar... The sugar and the caffeine withdrawal coming together is going to create a perfect storm. For why? Me. Why get? Why caffeine? Why is this the thing that needs to get eighty six? Because I'm trying to just wipe it all out of my system. Like my theory is this: I can, I, I, I will slowly incorporate caffeine into my system. But like what I learned being out on the East Coast was like, every so often I like to detox from caffeine because like it'll start out slow, and I, I don't think I drink too much, but. I was pounding. What's your, what's your usual caffeine intake? Right now, I'm good. Right now, I make like a little mini, co- um, a mini coffee, um, French press, and uh-huh. I'll usually do about that a day. But like, it slowly revs up as work gets more intense. And so, like, there were periods of time where, before I even started my coffee, I was drinking like a little bit of pre-work in the morning just to get the system started, and that's not good. Do you know what pre-workout is? Like what that. Pre-workout? I barely work out. I no, don't but, need do you, to... do you know, but do you know what it is? 
the part before you work out I'm, no, that's I'm, just, I'm, I'm just guessing on some basing it on semantics here i i understand in our investigation we've discovered that no you do not know what pre-workout is it hey, is hey, a hey 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 i have to stop you okay i have to stop you i have all right so let me just i because i haven't i have an update on 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 this thing that, that oh my god that's I, right yes like just 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 now okay wait something happened just now yes so all right but let me first just describe exactly yeah. what happened. So I did a little bit of lazy social media detective work when it comes stalking. to stalking. no, not stalking, not stalking. Okay. Of 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 our white whale, the Jared Stern, and so I found out that uh, we have a mutual friend. I've told you that I um, I'm a founding member of this sketch comedy group at the University of Maryland called SketchUp. Yes. It just celebrated its 25-year anniversary, so it's been around for a while, and it has, to its name, several people who have gone on to do some things in the show business industry. The most famous of the people in SketchUp is a guy named Adam Shappy Shapiro. Okay. You may have heard of. Uh, he's, been, he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, he's on this. Uh, he's a, a teacher on the Netflix show. I believe it's called Never Have I Ever. He was just in Mank. Uh, also on Netflix, he's been in a ton of stuff. Anyway, okay, super cool guy. I went, uh, me and and uh, and some other friends uh, drove up to New York and saw him on uh, in Waitress on Broadway. Oh wow, super talented guy, very funny, very cool guy. Anyway, so I saw that he was a mutual friend of the Jared Stern. Now, since Shappy is a connected person, yeah, in the in the showbiz world, his his wife is Katie Lowe's from Scandal. Oh, okay. Okay. Just so you, if yeah. you don't know him, you probably know her. Yeah. And so I, I, I messaged him. I said, Hey, uh, I'm taking a shot in the dark here, but here's uh, I noticed that you're, you're friends with this Jared Stern. I gave him the background on what we're doing. Right. And said, is there any way, because he's very tough to get a hold of, mm-hmm. um, you know, his, his contact info is not public. So do you have a way of getting, getting in contact with him? And he said, yeah, I just messaged him. Here you go. What? So, so yeah. So I just literally just now, and I don't know if the, the notification sound came through over the mic because yeah. the computer's hooked up to the thing. Uh, according to Shappy, dude, he's in. What? He said, uh, just DM him on Twitter and hook up that way. He said he totally knows you and saw your Twitter follow, et cetera, and is happy to jump on. Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? Just that simple. We can't accomplish this goal this quickly. <laughs> we haven't even reached episode 20. Maybe he could be episode 20. Who Last knows? week, we had a whole path for the future of this podcast. Yeah, and it's a very short path. It's now. a very short path. I'm just texting him back. Holy shit. All this right. is incredible. Mission we can, accomplished. We can Done. shut this thing off after episode 20. Is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. It's been really nice talking to you. And yeah. Once we befriend him and become voices in his animated movie, then we will have to have The Rock on <laughs> the podcast. Yes, I, I saw this. I, I saw your Instagram message. The Rock the will rock. be the voice of crypto in that movie. Mm-hmm. And here's, if we get this Jared's turn that quickly, I think the next phase should be trying to convince the rock to change his name Stern as well Dwayne, no 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 you need he needs to change his name to Dwayne the jared, jared Stern, Stern johnson. johnson i think that makes yes absolutely i did not mean to just kind of no jump that's right into it. i mean <laughs> this is absolutely incredible and i'm happy you broke away for this minor announcement but really to the thing that we need to talk about so pre-workout is a powder that you mix in the water <laughs> before you work out that has a shitload of caffeine and other things to really, it's like, it's like the legal powdered equivalent of that scene in Pulp Fiction where he jams the uh, adrenaline needle into her heart. Yeah, okay, in. great. That's, that that's sounds very healthy. healthy. Yeah, very so healthy I usually and very do that uh, right before I start uh, drinking caffeine. Clayton's very excited, by the way. Uh, yeah, he should be. Oh, by the way, so uh, also speaking of Shappy, so as kind of a pandemic pivot, right? When everything started, 
like so he's originally from philadelphia oh no way okay yeah so he started making soft pretzels what he, he started his own pretzel company called Shappy pretzel it, initially it was just kind of like a, a hobby he was trying to perfect yeah. a pretzel recipe and his wife was filling in as co-host for kelly on kelly and ryan oh really okay and so and since you know they weren't that wasn't happening at a studio that was happening via via zoom or yeah. skype or whatever the hell and so shappy like sent pretzels to ryan seacrest and then ryan seacrest ate his pretzels and and so apparently like it's a big celebrity thing to go get shappy pretzels anyway he's in la so you should go get shappy pretzels i'll get shappy pretzels yeah I'll, I'll instagram the whole thing you should their social media game is on point as yeah as kids say if people were concerned that we were not going to have content moving forward. I know. I, to be honest with you, after uh, this particular episode, I was like, well, we might be running a little thin. But we do have some things to talk about. We've got uh, a lot of things to talk about. This has been, this is probably the most meat-filled week of you and I interacting that we've had up until this point. Because if you listened last week, then you obviously heard that, you know, Jared and I got together with our families and we did that whole thing. But then Jared hung out with us again for a, yeah. a very unique event. Yeah. So for those who are who know my family, um, Jared Western here, many, many years ago, it was the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and my family is a big fan of those like cooking competition shows like Chopped or MasterChef. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, those types of things. Sure. And so day after Thanksgiving, uh, we decided to play a little game. Who can make the best day after Thanksgiving sandwich? And it was me versus my brother. And then my dad jumped into the competition and the three of us just kind of made a, a sandwich and we ranked them in the same way that you would rate things on Chopped, you know, taste, uh, creativity, and uh, presentation. And then we had an idea to just go out and do a real version of this. And so over the past, I want to say 10 years or so, We've done over 30 of these things. Um, wow. we've, we've called them Master Chop Chef because we're creative. Mm -hmm. um, but it, they are at-home cooking competition shows. And, and I believe I told you this already. Connor and I had a loose game plan to start doing this as a uh, like interactive experience type of thing, similar to an escape room, you know, where we would rent out a kitchen and do like weddings or bridal showers. Sure. Who can team cook building. Better, team building. Who can cook better, mom or dad, that type of thing. And then the pandemic hit and nobody does anything in person anymore. But we still do. And, <laughs> and Jared was invited to not only witness, but also judge uh, two rounds of Master Chop Chef. Yeah. Um, and it was intense. It's an intense thing. We play epic music as we're going. Usually somebody's filming it. Julie really did a great job filming things. So maybe I'll find some time when, we, when I do the, um, the YouTube version of this. I'll cut in footage. Yeah, in about it. five, six weeks, we'll actually have. <laughs> I just got back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. The, I'm always fascinated by the secret ingredients when it comes down to this thing. Because like Connor and I don't have to eat this. Um, but like when the secret ingredient is like, you don't taste the food as you're cooking it. It goes so fast that sometimes you just don't have time to the secret ingredient for round one was chicken sausage, Mandarin oranges, and peanut, butter. peanut butter and Doritos. And I was like, who wants to eat the combination of this food right now? Well, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, so then you put like 25 minutes on, on a countdown clock. Yeah. And then you guys have, I, I don't want to say it was the smallest kitchen I've ever seen, but no. it was a pretty small kitchen. It's a tight space. That you guys were, were both operating in and having to share, uh, you know, a cooktop. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Various pots and pans. Plates were flying. Yeah. And you guys, I got to give you big props. You guys came up with some very inventive stuff, given what you were given to work with. Yes. Right? Yeah. So so there was a theme yeah. for each round. Correct. So. Why don't you go ahead and so the first round's theme was rapid. It had to be a wrap. And so they gave us like pastry dough and um just like regular tortilla shells. And I took pastry dough and took rice, crunched up Doritos in the rice, put the rice down in the pastry dough, cut down the sausage in strips, put that in there, some avocado, and I rolled it up and I fried the whole thing and made like kind of like a inverted fried sushi wrap. Now Interestingly enough, 
because I want to, one thing I want to talk to you about is Connor and I have always theorized because we're the ones competing. We're always in the other room. Mm-hmm. For as intense as the battle is in the kitchen, we always theorize that the judging process is far more intense, that we're always fascinated by what goes on on the other side. But Julie had told me, she's like, I don't know why you didn't make empanadas. Like you just didn't fold the things over and make empanadas. And I was like, because we have done 32 of these now and you don't know how specific some judges will get with this. We, one of us could have made empanadas and somebody could have been like, it's not technically a wrap. Technically it's a fold or a pocket. Like we have been in, we, we had one episode where uh, a buddy of mine, Brian, who's, who's a great sport, <clears throat> really great judge for these things came at my brother because my brother made sliders and he graded him low because it wasn't a burger. It was a burger what? competition. Connor made sliders and Brian in his best Gordon Ramsay impression was like, it's not a burger. It's a slider. And the competition was for a burger. So we've had those moments. Well, that is, that's, that's some, that's some word <clears throat> parsing right there. I know sliders are tiny burgers. I, that's, but nor I, I avoided my normal trip fall in these competitions, which is normally we'll do three rounds or we'll do one entree and one dessert round. And I think I, I lost four episodes in a row because I kept making these beautiful desserts and then taking like pinnacle whipped vodka and trying to light the whole thing on fire, <laughs> on <my> plate, <laughs> not realizing that the alcohol content wasn't high enough. Nope, so it's just a beautiful all. dessert with me. <laughs> just something wet with vodka. vodka. And the, the number of times my sister has been like, it's good, but it's kind of in a vodka soup. And it's, it's just kind more. of drippy. But what was your experience judging? What was the what was well, the experience on the other side of the table? I got to say, just because I was a guest and because this was my first time experiencing it, yeah, I don't know if I was ready for the level of intensity your sister was bringing to the table. Actually takes it but seriously. She, as, as good as you guys were cooking it, she really had some, some uh, critique. She had questions. Yeah. She, had, uh, she, she was doing her part uh, as the... Um, uh, you the know, host. The, the, the Tom Colicchio or whoever yeah. of the... Uh, of the proceedings. So, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to, I mean, I kind of want to be a smart ass about, right. about things, but then I was like, well, this is their, this kind of, this is their competition. I don't want to, I don't want to fuck up their competition. <laughs> um, and it was just interesting because, all right, we had to judge things on, on plating and it, the plating was you know, very well done considering uh, what you, again, what you had to work with and Thank the you. amount of plates that were probably available. Yeah. I mean, my sister has a one-year-old, so like, or somewhere around a one-year-old. And so like a lot of the adult plates have been moved aside towards sure. like baby stuff. So yeah. I'm actually shocked then you didn't take the opportunity to serve something in a sippy cup. I couldn't find one. I would have taken any tiny cup to serve anything. I was, we were surprised that baby food wasn't on one of the secret ingredients. Uh, I'm we really glad it wasn't. I mean, Doritos and peanut butter was kind of in the same wheelhouse of. So one of the other ingredients, well, and I guess we'll get to the, to the second, the second round uh, momentarily. So you had the Doritos to work with, but one of the other ingredients for the second round were golden Oreos. Golden Oreos. And don't get me wrong. I love me some processed lard, but that did not seem to mesh well the sugared lard if you watch chopped it's always like a couple of things that make sense together and then something completely out of left field in there and so like the whole idea is can you make the thing that doesn't make sense work now i was happy i was happy they were golden oreos oreos because they were easier to plate but in my opinion golden oreos are an abomination i don't know why these things exist Oh, I, I I find golden Oreos to be the superior Oreo. I, I just, I mean, Oreo has kind of gone off the deep end with all the different flavors and cream combinations. And I think most of those are garbage. But when it came time for the, to have the, the vanilla cookie and the vanilla cream, I was, I was a fan. I just feel like, uh, I just feel like culturally we've been whitewashing a lot of our snacks, <laughs> like golden Oreos. Oh, don't get me wrong. White chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups. Like what is happening don't don't get me wrong though. I am a huge, also a huge fan of the Oreos with the chocolate cream. 
Have Wait, you had those? Is this an inverse, which is a, a white uh, a vanilla cookie outside and a chocolate cream inside? They, they have that too, but I'm talking about chocolate cookie, chocolate cream. What? Yeah. Oh my it's, God. Put your pancreas in the shock. It's real good. Let's talk more about snack food as I'm going through the sugar withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> For the golden Oreos, I believe the way I incorporated it was I hell did i do you scrape the cream off i scrape and, and you cream reduced out. it down i scraped the cream out and i put it in and i reduced it down to make a golden oreo cream hollandaise sauce i believe or something oh that's right so you, by the way i was very impressed with your second dish oh thank uh, you so all right so let people know what the what the what the parameters for the second round were and then i will I will try and <laughs> recount what I remember your dish to be. Because I thought it was really good. Thank uh, you. At least creativity wise, what came out on the plate, I was like, holy shit, that's really the, the fact that you were able to whip that together in 25 minutes was. I appreciate that. Was crazy. that. Uh, so the, the parameters for the second one was flip this dish. So they gave us all of the components to make like a, a meatball. So it was mm -hmm. like marinara sauce in a jar or uh, pasta sauce in a jar. Uh, ground turkey, and then, oh yeah, that, then they gave us the golden Oreos um, as kind of a curveball in there as well. I think that was it. And then we needed to repurpose it and do something different with it. Anything now, but a meatball. Anything but a meatball. Now, I did hear through the grapevine that you might have had some criticisms about Connor's repurposing of these ingredients because he made a soup. He made a tomato soup yeah. with the sauce and the meat. And yeah. It's like, okay, that's a. Uh... No, I, I didn't have any problem with the soup. I'll tell you what I had a problem with. with What's his, that? So he made, what did he, what, what did he call the stuff that he put with it? Pupusas or something oh, like that? Oh, that's he, right. So the. He, he basically <laughs> made little, little tiny quesadillas to go with his soup, which sure, grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yeah. That's a, that's a winning combination. But he put the Oreo stuff in his in his quesadilla or whatever the hell they were. So all I got was sweetness. Ah. And I it did that flavor just did not mesh yeah. well with with uh tomato soup with with uh with turkey uh sausage in it. It just was not yeah. That, and hindsight's always 2020. 20. We always suspect that for as critical as people are of us in the other room, we are five times as critical of ourselves. <laughs> sure. It, 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 we're just sitting there being like, oh I could have done this and I could have done this. When they gave us the second round, that's when, that's when my brain froze. And and one of the other components that usually takes place with these competitions is there's drinking involved. A so bit, sure. by the time we get to the second round, that's usually when I'm on my second drink. So I look at the meatballs, and my brain freezes. I can't figure out what the hell to do with this stuff. I'm like, well, what, what can I do with this? And so the first thing I do is I take garlic. I dice down the garlic, I throw it in a pot, and I throw a little bit of the sauce in there. And I don't know what the hell happened in my brain. I throw the meat into the sauce uncooked. Like, I don't cook off the meat first. I don't do anything with it. I just throw- You didn't brown the meat at all. No, I just threw raw meat into this sauce. And Connor looks Yum at me- Yum a dum-dum. <laughs> Connor looks at me as I'm doing this. And he's like, and I was like, I don't know what I just did. So then I throw a cover on it, crank up the heat, and I just try and infuse it in so I get kind of like a meaty kind of sauce going. Um, I found Eggo waffles in Ashley's uh, fridge. So I put a couple of those together. Um, I very, very quickly cut down some onion, found some white vinegar, boiled the white vinegar with some salt, some garlic, and some pepper, and threw that off to the side to really quickly pickle some onions. Oh, the other thing is because Ashley hasn't doesn't do any sugar. There's no sugar in the apartment. So you can't cook anything with sugar either. But that was fine because we had the golden Oreos. And then right. <laughs> so you use you use golden Oreo filling as a pickling agent. Right. Exactly. What the hell else am I going to do with this? So I think what you were talking about was I found some I found some Philadelphia cream cheese, some sour cream, and I scraped out the inside of the Oreo cookies. And I um, put that in a pot and reduced that down a little bit of salt and garlic to kind of balance out the flavor a little bit. And that was that white sauce that was on top. Oh, and then I fried like six eggs. 
I had all, I was like, I need two eggs that run. That's all I need. I was like, I need two eggs. And mine didn't. I overcooked they them. They did not. You, you overcooked they looked them just a stage. so under when I was on and I threw them in the oven. I shouldn't. But I ended up making kind of like a waffle um, meat saucy egg with like arugula and pickled onions and like the white sauce on top. Yeah, it was um, like Benedict. a turkey. It was, it was a turkey waffle eggs Benedict. Yeah. And it, it was I took a bite of it and I was like, this is not terrible. No, it's it, it not wasn't. terrible food. I thought it was I was I was blown away by how balanced it ended up coming out. I was not in any way offended uh, by anything that was uh, put out there that night. And I was a little worried just based, yeah, I mean, on, <laughs> looking at just the based on the ingredients. I would be concerned as well. You were like, why the fuck did Jared invite me over <laughs> to get food poisoning? That seems like an odd thing. Well, what was funny was Ashley said, you, you didn't eat before you came because you probably should have ate before you came. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a standard People are like, oh, we're going to be eating during the competition. It's like, no, you want a, you want a heavy base layer down there. Just in case. <laughs> You want something that that food's going to gonna slam on top of. But it was fun. I, I, my, I, I will tell you that after you left, my family spoke very highly of you. They really enjoyed having you around. You got compared to a very good friend of mine who I know watches some, or listens to some of the podcasts, but a good friend of the family named Matt Deshant. They, okay. were, like, they were like, Jared gives off Matt Deshant vibes. And I was okay. like- that's a high compliment. That's a very right, cool. high compliment. I'll, I will take it. What I thought was hilarious, though, and I I can't wait to hear about all the rest of your visit, your trip to the oh zoo. Oh, my God, yes. And, and and all the other stuff. So the next morning, your mother <laughs> posted a family picture on Facebook. And here's how I know your mother put a family picture on Facebook. It's because she tagged the wrong Jared Stern in the picture. <laughs> that I was like... Well, I don't remember taking a picture with the family. So <laughs> let me take a look at this. Nope, nope. That's, she did not tag her son. Okay. I, I believe I mentioned it to her and she was like, well, he talks to me on Facebook. And I was like, <laughs> so what does that mean? He gets tagged in this now? He's a stand-in at this point? Yeah, well, I'm closer. <laughs> uh, it is true. But it was really good, like, not only seeing you on that Sunday, but also, like, the subsequent follow-up. Sure. It's good seeing you. And, like, everybody even made the comment. They were like, Jared guy feels like he's been around forever. I'm like, well, he has, you know, yeah, tertiarily he, well, been around forever. He, I, I, I've been a legend in your mind for, for quite some time. Quite some time. Um, the whole trip was absolutely fantastic. Um, we, we couldn't have asked for a better trip. The weather was great. Um, just being around DC and going able to see the monuments. I mean, I could fill an entire podcast with just things that Julie and I did, but I, I have two big standouts that I can talk about. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So the first one is, Julie, so the night that you and I recorded the last podcast, Mm -hmm. Julie went to an aerial class in um, Falls Church, Virginia. Okay. You mean like the the silk class? Yeah, yeah. That's her silk class. Yeah. So she comes back and we're in the car driving back home. And she's like, babe, do you know what cicadas are? And I was like, yeah, I've heard of cicadas. She's like, do you know that they're only regional to this area? Do you know that they only come around once every 13 years, except for a few years ago where it was unusually hot? And I was like, what is what is happening? What is this thing? Jared, she learned more about cicadas this week than she <laughs> did about actual Virginia or Washington, D.C. Well, this is, I mean, they're out now. I mean, this so so what she's referring to yes. is brood X which are the 17-year variety of cicadas. They're a delicious vintage. Unfortunately, in our neck of the woods, in D.C., they are not quite as plentiful as they are out in the burbs, uh, where you have a lot more, you know, undeveloped area, a lot more trees, that sort of thing. Uh, So we haven't gotten them as bad as in years past. I've been, you know, I've been alive for two other iterations mm-hmm. of these things and when i was living out in suburban silver spring i remember everything sounds like the phaser sound effect from star trek yeah yeah that's what it sounds like out in out in out in suburbia around here you really can't hear them the the, the worst that i've i've seen or heard is that you know the dogs like to eat them so basically all the birds eat them and then yep. if the birds don't get to them the dogs eat them Everybody gets a turn. Everybody yeah. eats cicadas. But here is something that I recently found out about eating cicadas. What's that? That is, they are not technically insects. 
What do you mean? They are, or qualify as, crustaceans. Like shrimps? Like shrimps. And that's, so people say if you fry them up, if you eat them, they, they taste similar to shrimp when you prepare them. But I was like, oh, well, great. So if, you know, if someone wants to taste what shrimp is like and have a shellfish allergy, they can eat them. No, no, it turns out. If you have a shellfish allergy, you can't eat cicadas. You will have a similar reaction. I shit you not. This is the most interested Julie will have been about this podcast. Up oh, sure. This point. The amount of videos that she has watched about cicadas. <laughs> like, I'll go into shower and I'll come out and I'll, she'll sit there with the iPad in front of her. And she's like, babe, did you know that uh, there are three different types of cicadas? And once every 113 years, all the cicadas coordinate together and come out. Like, she is that's so a, obsessed with these things. That's a sci-fi movie right there. So Julie learned all about cicadas. That is highlight number one. Yes. What was highlight number two? I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do highlight 1.5. Oh, please. Julie's love of cicadas ended because we went to the zoo um, which was very, very nice. Went to the zoo, saw pandas, mm -hmm. saw otters. Very, very adorable. Otters, um, otters are very adorable, yes. Otter, my favorite animal. Julie's favorite animal. That's where we kind of sync up. So we're walking through. We're there. Me, Julie, Connor, MK, and then um, my sister and uh, Garrison, my nephew. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we have about a half an hour left before it's just too much for, you know, my sister who's pregnant and Garrison. And, like, we're all just tired. And so we just kind of start walking down. And we see one area, which is just the orangutans. And it's just this one orangutan eating popcorn, super cool. We see it's a tower all the way up and then there are ropes across. And we start this discussion. We're like, are these orangutans allowed to climb across these ropes? And we're like, no, there's no way. Cause it's not fenced off or anything. They're just allowed to go. And I think there's like electrical fencing down below so they can't climb down, but- uh -huh. As we start walking a little bit around the corner, we see that there's an orangutan up there on the ropes. And like there's a so there's a path for the zoo, like the walking path. And sure. the orangutan's kind of like maneuvering in the middle of the walking path. And there's a zookeeper underneath the orangutan just kind of moving people out of the way. And he's just hanging up, or she's just hanging up there. She's doing her thing. Like she, and we're all watching in fascination. And we're like, this orangutan hates all of us. Like it's trapped in the zoo. It just wants its peace and quiet. We're all there. And then this orangutan just stood there and took a piss right on the middle of the bed. Well, that's, that just is. Standing up and just, and just let it go. And like, everybody's jumping back at this point. The zoo trainer probably knew that the orangutan was gearing up for it. <laughs> at which point, Julie starts screaming and I'm like, what is, I thought that it was getting on her, even though I couldn't imagine how, and she had a cicada that was on her leg, crawling up her leg. Oh, wow. He freaked the hell out. Well, they are freaky looking bugs, crustaceans, yeah. whatever the hell they are. Ground shrimp, sky shrimp. Sure. Sky shrimp. Right. Um, but yeah, so now Julie likes cicadas from a distance up until gotcha. that point she was like on her knees looking in the ground for every cicada hole that came <laughs> just popping her head in a cicada hole like an ostrich. right so uh to pivot off of your yeah. uh orangutan uh pissing uh story mm -hmm. so back when the circus was still a thing it was oh, still yeah. allowed to happen i remember this uh this so the circus was in town this was you know five six years ago um, and what they would do is they would have the parade of the elephants. Okay. Where they would have all the circus performers and the, and lastly, the elephants, since they were the main attraction, walk up the street, okay. like walk along a, like a parade route up to where the circus was, was being held. Yeah. And so we went, uh, me and Andrea and some friends, we were, we went to go check out the, uh, the parade of the elephants. Okay. So we're standing there and we see the elephants and the, the elephants as they're walking past the, uh, the handler gets them to go up on their hind legs and, and like stand up, which is really cool. And then one of the elephants took a giant shit in the street, <laughs> which is not, not the, the best part. The best part was the fact that at the end of like behind the elephants, there was like a, a, a guy driving a turd Zamboni. No, to kind of like clean up afterwards. 
Really? And, yeah. And this is like my my favorite example of the what and quit show business. <laughs> why 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 don't you why don't you stop driving the turd zamboni? What and, and, and quit show quit business? Show business Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I kind of want to see what this Zamboni looks like, but I also don't need to see it. I'm, I'm right in between the two. Does it just <laughs> yeah, look I mean, like, does it look like um like a construction truck with just I don't my memory of what the of what it actually was was hazy. I just know that there was a, there was a vehicle behind the elephants that was like spraying the street to kind of clean things up. Gotcha. That was sort of like have you ever been to Mardi Gras? No. Okay. Had a chance to go to Mardi Gras uh, for a, a buddy's bachelor party okay. like 10 years ago. And so Mardi Gras leads up to Lent. Yes. You're a good Catholic boy. You should know about Lent, right? <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I've heard of Lent. You, you, you're only anecdotally aware of Jewish stuff. So I'm not <laughs> maybe you know a little bit about the Catholic stuff. I don't like doing things or not doing things i okay. i know the diet throws that logic off but apparently for lent it's like what like 30 days you can't do a thing yeah something like that I, like I, new like, year's uh, resolution that's strict yeah but so mardi gras obviously is huge party that happens yeah From fat tuesday it leads it leads up to uh to to uh to lent anyway so but like on midnight of of the last day where it's been an all night party all day, all night. Basically it's a, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. GTFO. And they literally hose down the streets of new Orleans. Really? Just like just beads and flop sweat and, and regret just flooding the streets. It's, it's a sight to behold. And I, 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 I got a chance to behold it. It was pretty cool. I've been to new Orleans not during Mardi Gras, and that whole area just smells like vomit all the time. Oh God, it's awful. Yeah, there's a, yeah, it's a a really, really, yeah, horrifying. I mean, it's cool and all, but if you stop to really <laughs> just think about what you're experiencing, you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, get get me in front of that hose. Right. It it was it was New Orleans in August. It oh, was yeesh. so it was a hot it was a hot aroma as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second strange thing that happened to Julie and I, mm -hmm. so we're driving back from DC. And one of the cool things about like the Bethesda area and DC is we must, we drove down to like where the um, monuments are, the, the national mall mm -hmm. every day. We were down there every day, I think, except for one. And every time the GPS took us back, it took us back a different route. There are infinite ways to get in and out of that area. Apparently, All roads lead and they're all jammed with traffic. Always. More often than not. So we're driving back and we're driving along the Potomac River um, on like some road canal road. And, you know, there's there's like a bike trail that goes along the Potomac. There's what used to be a like a ferry canal, I think. I, I don't know. It's a complicated water system. Sure. Regardless, we're driving back and I keep indicating to Julia that the Potomac's over there. Um, and I used to bike that path. And she goes, oh, can we can we pull off so I can see it at some point? And I go, yeah, sure. So like a half a mile up, there's just like, you know, a, a, a turn off on the other side of the road. It's like 10 parking spaces. I don't know what they're for. There's nothing there. There's no like benches or anything. You can't even see the river from there. But I figured, all right, this is good enough. We're already in traffic. So I turn in there. And so we get out of the car and she's trying to look through the woods and she's like, oh, I can't see anything. And I go, oh, well, here it looks like there's a little path off to the side over here. So we walk down, and we see this little narrow man-made path, no cement or anything, but just, you know how like when people are trying to build steps into a slope, they'll like nail planks of wood into the ground. Sure. And it'll be all, like all haphazard. I don't know when this thing was done. So we walk down the little planks of wood and she's taking longer to get down because she's in sandals and I'm in sneakers. So I get down to the bottom and um, need to take a leak. Got to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm channeling that orangutan vibe. That's right. right. You know what I mean? I'm not hanging on the ropes, but I got to go. So I'm like, all right, the woods, middle of nowhere, no big deal. Bada bing, I unzip, I start to go. And all of a sudden out of the corner of my ear, I hear somebody approaching. So I'm like really trying to rush it along. 
I managed to get, you know, the belt extender or the uh, button uh -huh. extender buttoned before she comes around the corner. Woman, probably in her 40s or 50s, backpack, walking stick, just walking this little trail that's kind of next to us. So uh -huh. she starts going around and she turns this bank around another set of trees. And I'm like, well, she seems to know where she's going. That looks like where the river is. Let's go. We turn, there's a bridge going over a little mini offshoot of the river to go to where the actual river is. So we just start following her a little bit, but keeping our distance, right? I don't want to, I don't want to threaten this woman inadvertently. We just want to go to the river. We're at the same destination. So we, we cross one of these little bridges. We go down the stairs and Julie tries to go down this, like another like dirt, like kind of path to the river. I go, no, no, no. It looks like there's something over here. And around the corner, she's standing on a dock and the dock has to be un like so small, like five feet by five feet, like a very oh, small wow, that is small. Um, and she's on her phone and she's going, okay, I, where's the bell? And it's like, she's talking to nobody. Like there's nothing there. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We're like, did we slip into Harry Potter? Like, is this diag diagonal? It's diag Diagon. I think it's Diagon, Diagon Alley. Because yeah. it's diagonally, right? Diagonal. Diagonal. Uh, yeah. It's the Irish version of it. So uh -huh. we're looking out of the corner of our eye and, and somebody goes, no, it's a rope right there. And she pulls a rope and starts pulling this bell. And from across on this other separate set of land is this little island, like this little island that's right out there that might be from tip to tip is no longer than the length of a football field, maybe even okay. two thirds of it. And like width wise, there's some meat in the middle of it. Like there's just enough space for like a house and like a little field, but everything's surrounded by trees. It's very well hidden. And so somebody starts doing this old school, there's no motor. It's just him on the floating raft, pulling himself across this as a, as a ferry bridge. Okay. Across this little narrow graph of water. And Julie and I are just like with our mouths open. And again, I have footage of this. So, you know, in a couple of years, when I cut together the video footage of this, I'll, I'll throw it in, but he's just pulling himself across the water. And so I'm just filming this kind of secretly around the corner until he gets around and she jumps on and he waves his hand. He goes, hi there, I'm Paul. How you guys doing? And we go, well, hey, Paul, how you doing? He goes, pretty good. Um, this is the uh, the Sycamore Island Society. So the Sycamore Society. Island, so it's a closed society. It's 500 members. You have to be on a wait list to be on it. It's an annual membership. Um, only 500 people are allowed on it. And it is an isolated, completely detached island. The only way to get on is this rudimentary ferry system, right? Now, what, it, there's a waiting list to get into this there's 500 member. Into so does that mean you have to wait for the ritual sacrifice for some openings to come up? To, to oh, come my around? God, we're not even there yet. So he, he's just explaining to us what it is. We were just like, yeah, we, we were just curious what it is. He goes, well, the caretaker of the island is out today. I'm helping him out. Would you guys like to come on and be my guests for the day? And I looked at Julie and I was like, this is where we get murdered and die. <laughs> we go on here, we die. But we've been doing this yes to everything thing recently. So I was like, sure. So yeah, we, how do you say no to that? That's, right. That's awesome. So we jump on, we sign our names onto the paper and he starts pulling us back across the island. At which point the woman who had the walking stick who in no way acknowledged our existence jumps off and just starts walking into the island. So he's giving us details about it. It's been around since the 1800 or 18 wow. something. Um, you know, a lot of the trees are keeping it hidden. The way the water distribution is on the Potomac, it actually keeps growing. So they just planted a new tree there. He said, okay, so you're welcome to wander around. Um, just be very careful. It can be a little muddy and we're expecting another guest. So make sure you come back when you hear the bell. And I was like, I have played enough video games and seen enough scary movies that if we don't come back when we hear that bell, we die here. Like we are <laughs> sacrificed and ritually murdered. So we start walking through the island and it's, it's beautiful. Like it's well-kempt. There were maybe about 10 people on it. There were like two or three people in the house. There were like five or six people um, having a little picnic over in the corner. There was a couple on a little hammock in one section. There were geese running around. But here's the most important thing, Jared. This is the most important thing. Paul and his wife and their kid, they were sitting right when you got on the island, on the dock. Okay. The two of them talked to us and looked at us and saw us. Nobody else on that island acknowledged that we existed. 
Like we walked by the part, the, the, uh, the picnic, nobody looked at us. We walked by the, uh, the people in the hammock, nobody looked at us. It was as if we were in purgatory or like everyone on this island was dead and we were just kind of visiting. It's like uh, Spirited Away, which I don't know if you know that studio. I, I, I am aware of Spirited Away. Holy yes. shit. What a great moment for us to be able to talk about this. If you haven't seen Spirited Away, watch Spirited Away. It's fantastic. But it felt like that where like I was among the spirits. Now, did you did you notice that the caretaker or uh, or his family or any of the people who were ignoring you, were they did they have any distinguishing article of clothing or like an emblem or no. something that said, I'm a member? No, no, nothing like that. Huh? Nothing like that. But we walked around the island a little bit. We walked to one of the other docks. We took some photos. Um, and then like there were canoes set up over there. There's a house that's on the island that the, the caretaker takes care of. But they were saying there's no other way allowed on it. So in the winter, the way the caretaker gets on and off the island is he either has to like smash the ice because sometimes the little mini waterway will freeze over. He has sure. to smash the ice to go across or like canoe and like crush it as well. But like here's Jared, I swear to you, here's how eerie the entire experience was. We had maybe a half an hour, 45 minute long conversation with Paul. He ferried us across back the other side. We left. We could have gone back the next day and that island could have been abandoned. Yeah, we sure. We could have found somebody and then been like, this island hasn't had any inhabitants in 50 years ever since Not the since fire. the incident. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, it was that level of, like, <laughs> just so insane. It was to the point where, like, we had told our family that we were, like, 20 minutes out. We were like, yeah, we're about 30 minutes from home. And then, like, two hours, we got back to the car. They're like, where the hell were you? And we're like, oh, we went on this secret island that you have yeah. to be an exclusive member of. It was absolutely insane. It was so cool. It was so that unbelievably cool. Sounds cool. I, I, I listen. I've I've lived here my entire life. I've never heard of this. So that's so the, pretty pretty cool. The question I have to ask you, and the question I have to ask our listeners is, if presented with the opportunity, do you get on that raft? Do you go across to that? Oh island? hell yeah, yeah, no, yeah, totally. No, that that. That to me seems like a completely unique experience. Yes. If the person who was uh, operating the ferry was carrying like a sickle, then maybe I would exactly. think twice. Uh, maybe if he asked me to put pennies over my eyes, maybe I would. I would. Yeah, Paul is twice. a very charming, charming and welcoming individual. But like, I, I love those moments because as we were driving back from DC and we were driving back, if you were to tell me that I had infinite guesses to guess what would happen <laughs> on my way back. And if I came even close to getting it right, I would win a million dollars. I would never in a thousand years guess this outcome. This Secret would, Island Society was would not be your guess? The, the, so what, what we realized when we were coming back up is those parking spaces are not for the island. There was like another little like spiral. You've seen them before where you the little spiral kind of things with the bridges that take you across the highways. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, like the spiral those, walkways, yeah. Yeah, they had one of those hidden a little bit further up in the woods. So people park, like there's, a, there's a, like a society house that's in a little village that butts up against the other end. But to us, this is some random place in the middle of the woods. We were wondering how the hell people got there. And- the entire week felt like we had, that was obviously the most exciting one, but at, the entire week felt like we had these little adventures. For, for Julie's birthday, we, we went out to um, the, the Adams Hotel oh, cool. um, to eat at the Lafayette. So the Adams Hotel is famously known as the place where like Obama stayed for the two weeks prior to him moving into the White House. Is that the Hay Adams? The Hay Adams Hotel, sorry, yeah. So it is the Hay Adams Hotel. It's like catty corner to the uh, White House. And mm -hmm. we were trying to think of like cool places with a nice view that we could go and eat during um, while we were there. So I made reservations for her birthday. And we go up to the top floor of this place and the view is just magnificent. We're looking out like right over the White House. Like we're higher than the snipers on top of the White House. Could you see it, any? Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> it was like, what? Oh, oh, look, you can see somebody up on top of the White House. I'm like, those are the snipers. She's like, no, they're not. I was like, Yes, they are. Watch yeah. any movie about presidents ever. You will know 
that those are snipers. And I was like, by the way, because it's lower than the buildings around us, they're up on other buildings around here too. Um, but we're eating at this restaurant and our server was just fantastic and the food was really delicious. And we were saying, we we're like, this is magnificent. I can't believe this. We have to come back again. And they go, well, when you come back again, you'll have to be in our actual dining room. And we were like, what? And they were like, oh, their dining room is either on the first floor and their bars in the basement, but there's no regulatory air circulation for COVID. And because banquets weren't allowed to take place during COVID, they moved their dining restaurant up to their top floor banquet hall. Oh, we wow. The banquet hall where people rent out for hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars to host events. We can never go up to that floor ever again. Wow. Your whole trip has all been all about restricted VIP access. Unbelievable. I mean, if there was because ever an... I don't let just anyone into my house to record a podcast either. <laughs> and I got to see your house. That That's was right. That was the third one that I was building up to. <laughs> sure. The whole trip was fantastic. It was great meeting you. I mean, meeting you, meeting you. Yeah, sure. Family. It was rough. It was rough coming back. Look, the weather's been beautiful. You know, it's California. It's it's always fantastic. But, you know, there, there was something really nice about being around family and being around friends that made the pandemic seem less like isolating. This past week, I feel like, is when things have really started to open back up and Agreed. feel more normal. Uh, I know that when I came uh, to uh, to the Master Chop Chef yeah. thing, walking through the streets of Bethesda, they were lively. Oh, I I lived in that city for six months and never saw it like that. Yeah, there was like a there was like a band out in the street. They had yeah. they, they closed off the streets and like put tables in the streets for the yeah. uh, for the restaurants. But yeah, people were having a good time and. Those, those times have been few and far between over the last year. So that was, that was cool to see. Such a long year. But yeah. this year has gotten us to potentially meeting the Jared Stern. Yeah, and way sooner than expected. Like I was, expecting another, I was expecting another five episode arc before we get to him. Easily. At least. Easily. And, now, and, and just, just so everyone knows, in, into perpetuity, we're not going to try and say between two Sterns anymore. I think because we should we, still lead up to it. I just think we should. Oh, no, we're, 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 no, we're, we're going to lead up to it. And then I'm going to take the audio from <laughs> the podcast where we were live and slip it in. And it's that type of complicated nonsense that you don't care about that you'll only find right here between two sterns. You didn't even say it. No, because we're not doing that. Either. But you got to have the rhythm in there. All right. All right. Then we're going to have right here between, between two, two sterns. sterns. That's what I'm talking about.